Well, welcome everybody to the CCC podcast Hello. from a little bit of a different location. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> if you're we're watching, still in the building. We're in the building. If you're watching us, we are not on the stage like we usually shoot from. We are sitting out here in the foyer. Yeah. So that's not the proper way to say that. <laughs> yeah. Lobby. The lobby out here. It's because we're getting ready for in-person services. We're getting ready for so in-person. Some, some, we're getting so. the room ready and yes. prepped for people. And spread apart. Sanitize and spread apart. out. Sanitize and spread apart. Yes. So well, They knew we could not be involved in the sanitation <laughs> no. cleaning process, so we had to be moved no, out. We're a part of it. It's just getting us out. Yeah. yeah. That is sanitizing, yeah, getting that's rid right. of us. That's so, right. But yeah, and but we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. Uh, we're going to jump right into talking about what's coming this weekend and reminding you guys of how uh, that whole thing is going to go. But, you know, the truth is, uh, as we were talking before we uh, started recording, was that it would probably be a tone-deaf thing to do if we did not acknowledge what's going on in our world right now. Mm -hmm. Um, For the past several weeks, the biggest thing in our world has been the virus and a pandemic and a lockdown, and we've talked about that. But now, just in the past few nights – it's changed, and we just felt like it would make sense for us to talk about that, give a little bit of a perspective on that. So uh, let's get into it. What are you guys? Uh, what are your guys' first thoughts on all of the tension, the racial tension that we're seeing in our country right now? Well, you know, and it's not going to be a surprise to anybody who knows me. My first reaction when I heard about. Uh, uh, the guy's death, uh, anger. I mean, anger is my default. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I have a lot of anger about things and when injustice particularly, um, and then just a lot of confusion, frustration, you know, I sit and think and, you know, I'm 60 years old and, uh, I think back in 1992, we had, you know, riots in Los Angeles and Rodney King gets beaten. Yeah. And that's on TV and we have riots and those were a big deal. And mm-hmm. I think, wow, that's never been like that before. But then I go, well, yeah. no, that's not true. In my lifetime, yeah. it's happened a bunch of times all yeah. the way back to when, you know, I, I grew up within easy driving distance of where uh, Dr. King got shot. I mean, during the time, I remember the morning when the some of the guys who – we were unloading um, some hay in a barn, and the guys on the truck, you know, told me Dr. King had been shot. I didn't even, and I was, I was a kid. I didn't yeah. really even know who that was, to be honest with you, too much. And, you know, you have the watch riots that start in 65. You have all, so it's just been this, it's just been this continual thing. And so, you know. And for me, lot, I think every time, surely that's, we're, surely we're done. Yeah. Surely it's, that's going to be the last thing, and it just never seems to be. And, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't want to just gloss over it in that often people act like, you know, those all had the same cause. When I go back through all of the mm-hmm. kind of thing, I'm, all ta- I'm talking about uh, police brutality toward the African-American community in all of those situations. Yeah. Uh, back to when I was a little boy and people have – held up Dr. King, you know, and he didn't have violent protests. Well, let's be clear. The protests were pretty violent because the police made them violent. Sure. Mm-hmm. He did not intend to set out to make them violent. And so it's just hard when you get to be my age and you, you know, you think that 
well, you just think you'd be further along. You just think yeah. you'd be at some point. And I mean, f- from my side, I mean, my, my race <laughs> has been in power the whole stinking time. Hmm. And uh, we just keep going back to this. And I don't believe all police are bad. Nope. I don't believe nope. that. Absolutely nope. not. And as I said to a friend of mine the other day, the, the, it's, it's like when there have been preachers that do terrible things. I don't like people branding me with all that. It's my responsibility to stand up and say, hey, I know it. I know yeah. it. Yeah, I call them it. out too. Absolutely. And so when people say, hey, are there, are there, is there, are there white people that are racist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me to act like just because you point that out that somehow you're calling me racist, I... I just wear the fact that unfortunately there are people and I have to call it out and help that to end. So, yeah, Hmm. you know, I watched, uh, I could go on to, I watched this morning, the New York times had put together the body cam. I mean, not body cam, but footage outside the thing, the whole George King thing. And they spliced it together from bystander photos to things from other shops that are around. And you watch the whole thing take place from the moment that uh, the, clerks come out of the store to first confront him and I watched this man laying on the ground calling for his mom Mm -hmm. and I just can't understand how does it get to that how does it get to a place like that 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 happens but and I just don't understand but then you know thankfully I know who does, and Jesus understands. You know, Jesus, mm-hmm. yeah. we think about him being crucified and bleeding to death, but Jesus suffocated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what That's crucifixion right. That's happened. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the cross, he said, Hey, there's my mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, so, anyway, that's what I think. I was really, really mad, <laughs> mad, mad, mad. Yeah. And then just really sad. Mm-hmm. Sad. Yeah. I was, I told you guys that I was. A lot of, I mean, I just I could just say a lot of the same things you did. I won't just go back over it. But um, this weekend, and I just felt God had brought this to my mind, is I started really thinking about the black men in my life that I know and just wondering, trying to think what it would feel like to see this through their eyes. I, I can't. Um, but I felt as if I needed to try and do that just because – because I love them and I would, I would hope that they would do the same for me because I think that's what love calls me to do is to try to feel and try to empathize as best as I can, knowing that I can't completely do that. Um, And it led me to reach out to some of them and just say, man, I, I don't know how you must be feeling, but I know, I know it's, it's a difficult thing for you. And I'd love to, I'd love to hear about it if you want to talk to me about it or if, if I can do something, I want to be there to do something because I, I just didn't know what else to say or do because you feel so helpless, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you want to make some good come out of it. You want to fix That's my nature. I want to fix something, yeah. but I don't know mm-hmm. what to do to fix it. So, yeah. um, but, um, you know, we were, I don't know, Nathan, how much you want to talk about this, but we were just talking before we recorded, uh, how your perspective from this being mm-hmm. a of a younger generation, but mm-hmm. b someone who's in the process of adopting uh, mm-hmm. some children of color, and uh, yeah. how that goes through your mind and your family? Yeah, I think uh, you know I've been very affected over. I think when I was growing up, 
I would have been two or three when the Rodney King thing happened. So I don't, I don't really remember any of that. Um, and it felt like, and maybe this was kind of a sheltered childhood, I didn't see as much about it over the coming years. But then probably I had graduated high school, I think, I think, when uh, Trayvon Martin was killed. Mm -hmm. And it feels like from that point on, which kind of started the Black Lives Matter movement in response yep. to that and a lot of other things, that there were a lot of more televised mm -hmm. um, uh, killings of young men and women of color uh, after that. And I remember kind of realizing in that moment that I had grown up pretty close to a couple of uh, good friends of mine who were men of color. And the whole time we were friends, they tried to tell me, uh, I feel like you and the rest of the guys in our group who were mainly white men, uh, that I'm I'm not quite as close to y'all as y'all are to one another. And mm -hmm. I remember very much thinking at the time, as probably everybody does, no, you're wrong. You're just seeing it that way. That's not, no one thinks of it differently. And then I remember when all of this stuff kind of started happening, 2008, 2009, when everything started coming, really having a moment of repentance with God of realizing, I think I probably did, and I was unaware of it. And uh, I think like many, many white people in our country, I, I personally never felt like I had done anything intentionally sure. racist, that I had never intentionally chosen to hate another person or to treat anyone differently. But realizing that, as you said, I can't ever understand something from someone else's perspective, mm -hmm. that there were things unintentionally on my part that maybe hidden things in my mind that I didn't mm -hmm. know about. And so all that stuff was very emotional for me. And so this is not, like both of them said, this is not the first time any of this has been emotional for me, but it always has been from a... Um, maybe third person perspective of their people in my life that I know who are, and I, and I, I hate this for them. And maybe even as many of us do sometimes feeling guilt over things. But as you just said, mm -hmm. over the past year, Jennifer and I have been, um, we, we have three, uh, girls in our home right now who we are fostering and hopefully soon we'll be adopting. Um, and all three are young girls of color and, um, realizing in, in this particular case, cause, I may be wrong. This may be the f the first one since they've been in our home that has been as public, yeah. uh, publicly televised, realizing that my wife and I have uh, neglected to speak to them about things that they need to know for their lives, and so unfortunately that they have to know for their lives, and how ill-equipped I am to do that. Um, <laughs> not that anyone is equipped for it, um, but we've been trying to have conversations over the past weekend to even introduce to them the idea that because they're so young, they've not had a lot of firsthand experience with anything um, racially based in their life. And so the idea that they could even understand that people might think of them differently or even ever want to do harm to them because of the color of their skin or because of the way they look or because of ideas people have uh, on people who look like them. It's heartbreaking to me. It was um, so hard for us to even to even breach. And then because we have um, a biological daughter in our home, like even explaining to them the differences that she won't ever experience necessarily what they experience. And <laughs> internally watching as one of my daughter's 
I don't know what went in her head. She's very private in the way that she thinks, but, but watching her work through the fact that her and one of her sisters, because they see each other just, I mean, they're just sisters. <laughs> yeah. That for some reason there's now this division among us. It was the first time it ever been brought to their minds and um, moving past that to realizing I have to, as you mentioned, I have to speak about the. I have a responsibility to them to speak on it mm-hmm. because what would be horrible for me is if they grew up and as they probably will at some point have a act of some kind of racial whatever discrimination injustice on their life and they will feel it and for them and it would be someone most likely who looks like me <laughs> For them not to know my dad spoke about this, he was angry about it, he thought Mm -hmm. it was wrong. Mm -hmm. And then as you said, I have many friends in my life currently who are men and women of color, and for them to not hear me speak about it, what would they think that I think about it? And so uh, it's been a very emotional weekend for me um, personally, but then also in in, in people in my life. And so... Mm -hmm. um, and, and like uh, Ed said so well, I mean, it breaks the heart of God. And, yes. just, and just thinking it's something that hurts many of us. But what he must feel every, every, every day because there are so many unheard and unseen things for the majority mm-hmm. of the public that are happening that don't get mm-hmm. caught on camera yeah. and that we just don't know. It was, uh, for me, it was, I don't think, a coincidence that I think late last week, in my discipleship group, I read Galatians, mm-hmm. and um, it reminded me, and you, they laugh because they know which passage I'm talking about, but if you don't, um, what we know from history was the first, what's known as egalitarian statement mm-hmm. in all of history was, mm-hmm. was written into the Bible when, when Paul said, there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free, all are one in Christ Jesus. We forget how revolutionary that statement was. Sure. And also how much we how much work we still have to do in our world to make it so. Yeah. Because that he he's again, he's painting we talk about it a lot in this podcast. He's painting a picture of the kingdom of God, the way it ought to be, the way it was designed to be. And um we as kingdom bringers we still got work to do. Yeah. That's the big thing for me as well. You know, I'm a, uh, I've been leading a long time and uh, I feel culpable in some way that I haven't made a bigger difference that hmm. that's the way it hit me at some point, you know, to just uh, feel bad about it and to not have done something. And I don't mean just personally, I mean, yeah. it, to lead people to do something. And so, you know, we're sitting underneath this thing, love everyone always. And I don't know whether you can see it on there or not, but if yeah. you've been in the campus here, it's mm-hmm. right there on that wall. And I think a lot of us think that just means I don't hold any ill will. And mm-hmm. in general, I have positive feelings toward people, mm-hmm. but it no. doesn't. Love no. means I direct my will toward the good of the other. I yes. direct my will. Mm-hmm. I take my will and I direct it toward the good of the thing that I love. And, uh, if I'm going to love everybody always, I have to look at problems and go, I'm going to direct my will toward this problem in whatever way I can. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Well, and in particular, Jesus makes all these clarifying statements throughout his, and I shouldn't say statements, he often is telling stories to clarify yeah. over and over again that the greatest expression of that love for everyone is often it's maybe love your enemies, but often what he gets to is those who are most vulnerable in society, those who are most uh, under oppression or under some kind of poverty or under some kind of injustice. Stand up for the oppressed. Yeah, yeah that, that somebody, that, that you would step in, you know, and the very famous one we've used, we've, we've spoken on many times in our church when we do a do something campaign about Jesus says what you do for when you've ever, you've clothed someone who needed mm-hmm. clothing, whenever you've visited someone in prison, whenever you've done these things. And, and that has to apply as well to our brothers and sisters of color who are, are facing uh, this s- systemic injustice that we've all talked about has not gone away. Mm-hmm. And for, for us not to speak about that and be about that work, uh, our, our father is about that work, and he's, he's in the middle of it. And, and for each of us to figure out, and for us as a church, whatever that means, mm. to figure out how can we be the ones to walk across the racial divide? Mm. I mean, how can... How can we be the first to reach a hand out and say, hey, I'm not just passively for you and I'm okay with you doing well and I don't want to do anything to harm you, but how can I actively be for you? Yes. Mm-hmm. How can I be for you? Because yep. uh, I have power because mm. that's the country we live that's in. Right. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. in the majority. Mm-hmm. And uh, I should be wielding my power for the good of those that God loves mm-hmm. and all the people that God loves. And... Uh, well, and it's, we have precedents within the Bible of this happening over and over again where you have the early church, and because you mentioned the, 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 the verse in Galatians, but this was a constant—racial issues were a constant problem in the first church because yep. it's the first time anyone yep. has done this. And one of the—I mean, the very first issue that really causes almost a split in the church is yes. this issue over Jews mm-hmm. and non-Jews. And it, there, there was a religious aspect around it, but there was so much of it racial. that was ethnic and was racial ethnic. Yeah. because they have this issue over circumcision. And if you're non-Jewish, you got to be—and really what it is is we want you to come and do our— customs why can't you be more like us and Mm -hmm. even in that situation because they all had done the jewish part these were greek gentile people who had grown up Mm -hmm. and they had adopted the jewish culture they were Mm -hmm. in jerusalem but it was you're still not quite quite like us that's right Right. you have done everything you could do but you're not quite like Mm -hmm. us yeah well and in the case of the early church the majority of the early church were these Jewish believers because Jesus was Jewish, so his first followers were Jewish, and it was the people who held the most power in the church that were willing to say, hey, I know we have all of these privileges as the people who, are, who have the most, and we could just make this rule, but it's Paul and these guys who step in and go, hey, you know what? I get that it makes us uncomfortable. We've never had to be around non, non-Jews before, and we, it's, it's been tough because even the, even the food thing, which we, I mean, everyone kind of makes jokes about of like, oh, you know, oh, thank God they could finally eat bacon. But for <laughs> them, it was disgusting. I yeah. mean, it, was, it wasn't just, it was like. It'd be often, no different than if somebody came to us, and there are cultures that do this and mm-hmm. said, hey, you, you, we need to eat dog now. Sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, in our country, the amount of. Yeah. people would rise up but that's completely normal in parts of right. our world well yeah. and the amount even in our culture the amount of jokes around that that are based around race sure. the idea right. of all those kind of things and so for them it was a heavy thing and it was but him being willing to say at different times hey 
The dietary laws aren't the same. And what they're ultimately saying is, we got to lay down some of the things that make us uncomfortable to have conversations that matter, but also to open up to people who are not like us. And there's so much of that, as you just said, as people who hold power that we just have to be aware of and mm-hmm. we have to be willing to say yeah this might make me uncomfortable or i don't even want to talk about that because i don't know what to say yeah which i mean i feel every time i have me to too. make a post or have to t- talk to a friend the amount of sweat that goes yeah. into the words that i'm going to say and yeah. not because i'm so concerned what everyone thinks because i don't want to do damage and That's i don't right. know and there's a part of me that goes you know what just just don't say anything. Other mm-hmm. people are smarter, and they're going to say better things than you can say. But, but that's not the answer either. No, I mean, it's not. Right. And I think you alluded to this earlier. Silence. When you when you don't say anything, you leave a space for people to interpret what you think or what you believe. And I don't. If I truly love you, I don't ever want to leave a space for you to interpret wrongly what I feel towards you. I need to move into that space, speak through it, and say, "No, here's where I stand. Here's what I think, and here and, and I do love you." And I may not do it all right, and I may not understand all that I should, but I, I want to. Yeah, the benefit of speaking, even if I don't say it all right, and I let you know that I love you, if we start talking, you can help me correct yes, right. myself. That's yeah, right. You can say, hey, man, that wasn't exactly right, or hey, this yeah. is where that's off, and you and I can have a dialogue. And if we're really mm-hmm. for each other, yes. we can begin to work things out. But me sitting quietly, mm. it does feel like I'm passively against you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I hadn't planned any of this, and I don't have any permission on this. Uh, this is just me. Go ahead. Uh, but we are blessed to have people of color in Community Christian, you yes. know, and we're now we're digital and online. And uh, I feel like I haven't always done as much as I. So if, if there are things that we are doing that are hindering you from fully experiencing the body of Christ in ways that we can reach out and we can help you, I want to know. We do. Mm-hmm. That's right. I want to know. Mm-hmm. I want you to personally reach out to me or anybody. Any I us. want the message. I want, I want to know. Yep. And we want to be what the kingdom of God should be, where there is no male or female. There is no, there is no black or white. There is no Hispanic. And there's none of that. No. We are the representation. Hey, one day in heaven. We're all going to be worshiping around the throne together. Our job is to bring the kingdom now. Yes. We should be praying every day. What happens in heaven, let's, let, us, let it happen here, yep. at least in the church. We yep. become a little outpost. Yep. And so, hey, you know, we're at a place, we're sort of relaunching because we're opening back up after being <laughs> closed. Let's see if we can't get it right. So if there are things we're doing that aren't right, hey, let us know. Help us understand. Or just we, things we could do better. We want right. to just we, we just, just want to do better. We just want to do better. That's right. And, and no matter what you say to us, it will be received with love and patience. It will not be rejected. I'm, That's for what, sure. We will not do that. So, all right. We'll just close it up there. I wish we could do more, but that's enough for today. And uh, so let's talk about, you just mentioned it, Ed. Let's let's give a little bit of an update on where we are in getting back to the building. We um, Have we announced on this venue that it's this Sunday? This <laughs> or did I just Sunday, do that? <laughs> this coming Sunday, if you don't watch the other thing. And I just say to you again, if uh, we know we're sending it out to everybody we have an email address that's for right. or a text message. I hear from people go, well, I don't read those. Well, I can't yeah, help you then. You need to read it. I don't know what to do. It, we are opening uh, this Sunday, reopening. 
it's the same thing we've been saying. I get totally why some people won't be able to come yeah. and probably shouldn't come. If you're in categories where it's just uh, you, you, sh you, sh you need to protect yourself or protect people you're trying to protect or any of those kind of things where you just don't feel it's time yet, hey, we're good with that. You're still a part of us, yes. and we – we are going to still be online. In fact, we, you're going to, we've been making some changes, and I don't know if you all have noticed that in the online thing. This week will be a whole other mm -hmm. evolution of that, and we will continue to do that. We're trying to serve that particular audience. In fact, the way we see it now is we have an online campus, mm -hmm. and we're going to have an in-person. We've all been online. It's just mm -hmm. that some of us, like we were at Ashley Park and at Sharpsburg now, some of us are going to be online, mm -hmm. and some of us are going to be in-person and uh, the in-person thing, it starts this Sunday at 9.30 and 11. Tickets, this is Wednesday the 3rd today. Is that if you're watching this when it drops, this will be when the Wednesday yeah. that when, tickets go Wednesday out. Wednesday the 3rd is when this drops, we hope. And uh, there will also be email that you're getting that day that will tell you about the tickets and the links that you need. And uh, one of the things I'd just say to you is, you really do need to take the ticket thing seriously. Yes. We're trying to do everything we can because there's nothing in what the governors ask us to do that violates the Bible. <laughs> so we want to try to do what we can to honor that. And so it's really important to us, not because there's no money involved. There's no exclusion of anybody involved. But we just need to be able to know that we're preparing. So make sure you bring your ticket. Bring your ticket. Make sure you get your ticket and that you have it with you. There's a way you can just bring it on your phone and your email is going to get sent to you. So just bring that with you on your phone. We're going to have a way to do that. Uh, 9.30 and then 11 o'clock, we will also be offering children's uh, uh, services at that time so that your kids can go to something age appropriate for them, fifth grade and under. Yep. And uh, – so you'll need to get tickets for them and that. And it'll all be sort of self-explanatory. Yeah. I do want to say one other thing that we've been learning. <laughs> I know I'm just running on here a little bit. That's okay. I just want, I, I'm trying to get the message out as often as we can. Hey, let's all be loving when we come and yeah. uh, ex, ex, uh, expecting that it's going to be fun to be back together for those mm -hmm. who come. But that there, you know, there's all going to be all different kinds of different. comfort levels. That's right. And there's going to be all different kinds of things that will need to be different. And let's just all grant a lot of grace one of the things i do want to say to you is hey bathrooms in every one of the venues when you think about <laughs> you hear about these big groups coming uh they're a challenge for us to get them prepared yeah. and to have them re-prepared in the way that we want to so we're asking don't load up on coffee or anything <laughs> else before you come and we're asking that if you can bathrooms be as a Really, I need to go to the bathroom kind of experience. Not enough just, said, Ed. Enough not, said. not just, I'm tired of talking to Jason and I need to go, oh, I'm going to the bathroom. That might be an emergency. <laughs> you might really have to get away from Jason. Is that why people walk away from That's me right. when we're talking? When people say, people always oh, I got to go to the bathroom for the service. I'm just saying. We're, we're really, we're not going to bar anybody. There's not going to be no, any kind of no, way to no, do it. But no. we're just... It's really difficult to meet all the standards we True. want, and just we'd like to try to, yes, you know, emergency only. That's right. <laughs> you decide wanna, what the emergency is. I don't want to say is. anything. You get to decide. You get what to that decide. Is. That's right. Okay. okay. Enough. Enough about that. Tomorrow, uh, or today, depending today, on if you're today, watching it. Today, Wednesday. Wednesday. Then please get your tickets because again, there is a limited number. But I want to say, if you want to come, come because 
that will let us know how many other services we need to sure. do. Our staff is committed. That's and right. we have volunteers That's right. that are willing to help. We want to get as many people as who are wanting to, but we're going to do it socially distanced. So we're willing to have as many services at different times as we need to have to make that happen. And we're going to be online, and it's going to be different, and that's going to be cool too. So Everything's going to be different. Everything's going to be different. Just ex 9, expect 30, different. and 11. That's different. That is. The only thing that's staying the same this week is online's at 1030. Okay. Yep. Online is still at 1030. Okay. All right. Enough said about that. There Enough about that. Enough sure. said about that. All right. Uh, we're going to have to make this brief, but can we have a quick just thought or two on uh, Sunday's message? Um, you know, I had, and I don't know who's asking the questions or what we need to bring up on this. One of the things that I really loved, well, I love the series we're talking about just because I really do think uh, faith and the way we think about it is so badly misunderstood. It does, your analogy of Star Wars and the Force <laughs> is really the way I think people tend to think of it. Mm -hmm. that they tend to think of it. If I just believe, mm -hmm. if yeah. I could just believe, yeah. yep. it, they wouldn't say it this way, but it's almost like it gives me power over God. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. God's the power of the universe. But if I could just believe, I can use that power for my benefit. I can get yeah. him in a bind, and he has to do what I mm -hmm. want to do. It's like I, I'm wanting him to be on my side, and the thing that we don't get is he already is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, that's the one thing. The th second thing I have said to people is, it's not much of a God that you can overpower. True. Yeah. How, True. How, how much, how weak does your God have to be that you can overpower him? Yeah. I'd, I'd be afraid of that one. Because if, if, if he listens to you, I don't, you know. Yeah, I know. Whoever you is, I no, don't do this as a general you. I know there's some people who don't like me. I don't want them That's right. <laughs> to be able to overpower God. please don't God listen to them. Who does like me. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, we... How many people have we had pray against us in our lifetime? <laughs> and we're so thankful that God didn't listen. He didn't listen. So they didn't have enough faith or exactly. whatever. You know, that's a joke. But that, yeah. that was a part I thought, even if there had been nothing else, I thought that was a really, really important part that I hope people got. Yeah. Faith is not a power. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that, that the power is not in me. The power is in God. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, because I think there's so much of that. In, in, in all of us that there is this feeling of like man if I just tried harder or if I just done this man that would have gone better in my life mm -hmm. and I think it's really hard for us I was just talking to some some people this week about the idea of accepting that ultimately what what grace is and I'm talking about the Sunday so I don't want to get too much into it but <laughs> yeah. the idea that grace is ultimately the, the power of God to do for me what I can't do and we often think of grace as forgiveness of sins. And obviously, forgiveness of sins is a part of grace because I can't do that for myself. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, what grace is, is it's God working in my life and to, to empower me sometimes to do things that I could not do on my own. Which means me being in a position constantly of saying, no, I am weak and I can't do this mm -hmm. on my own. Mm -hmm. It enables God to then to then work through me at that point because yeah. there's a point of but but it's the reverse of what everyone else thinks is I have to be oh if I just have super strong faith and it's mm -hmm. if I'm strong and I'm I'm so have so much belief then God can do all this stuff and otherwise nothing's going to happen but really it is this place of 
And I think it's why often people who are in 12-step programs see so much life change because when you get to a point where you say, I have to release control, really what it's saying is, I can't do this on my own. 12-steps, cancer people, people, when you finally get to, when there comes a problem and you have believed as much as you can and Mm -hmm. then the door is still there and you finally go, I got nothing else I can do. I think I'm going to really, God, whatever (laughs) you decide Mm -hmm. to do. And then they go, and then things began to happen mm-hmm. because yeah, but not necessarily the situation. No, changed. not necessarily the or thing what I want. wanted to see happen. No. Yeah. Something good came, but yeah. it was not even the good I thought. Faith in yeah. God is powerful because God is powerful. Yes. Right. Faith in God is very powerful in whatever situation I'm in. Mm-hmm. May not even go the way I want it to because he's got a place he's getting the world and right. i'm a part of that well yeah. and that's the part I'm of the part definition of you gave of faith is confidence that god is who yep. he says he who he says he is and that first part is huge like i it have is. to get clear who is god who mm-hmm. did he say he was not because i hear so many people in the conversations i have because i talk to so many young people and a lot of people who didn't grow up in church and the kind of conversation and the amount of times i know you guys hear this too is well if there is a god then he must be or if there is a god then he should be or if mm. there is a god then yeah. he would or my god does this right <laughs> okay. the idea that if there is a god i get to impose must and mm-hmm. should and would means sure. he's not god he's something i I've created. Yes. The fact that there is a God means I have to know who he says he is, which is mm-hmm. huge. And then he's going to do everything he promised mm-hmm. to do, which is what we get to this week in, 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 in our sermon. Talk yeah, about. Is, is what did he promise? Mm-hmm. But I think on the part that you got to in your part is when I fully relinquish the control and say, I'm just going to trust you. There is power that comes through that, but the power is not me. Like it's not mm-hmm. a force mm-hmm. that, or it's not. It's not even a. It, it's really I'm opening myself up to God do something. I'm not going to be in control of what it is. Yep. Maybe you're going to do it in me. Maybe you're going to do it outside of me. Maybe it is going to be something in my circumstance, but I don't get to be in control of what mm-hmm. that is. And I also thought the part that you said, and maybe we can talk about this of the idea of it's still okay because I think there's kind of a flip flop back and forth on this where some people are. I gotta, I gotta claim it, right? I gotta say yeah. it and believe it's gonna happen. But then there's this other part of us that goes, well, if if I don't get to be in control, I just shouldn't even talk to God. No, he'll just things. do whatever he wants to do, That's and right. I just, I don't need to even tell him anything. Right. Yeah. But I, but there is this part of you talk about. Mm-hmm bring your hopes before God of yes. that idea of hope of, I hope you'll do this. Mm-hmm. And Jesus certainly did that. I tap yeah. in a little bit this week on that, that Jesus also got a no from God. Oh yeah. Jesus comes to God and says, please take this cup of suffering from me. And then he says, if you know, your will, your not will my own. Done. But if we, if you look at that truly, Jesus said, will you do this? And God mm-hmm. said, no, nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who had more faith than exactly. Jesus? <laughs> and so you get to a place and he moves into this. So anyway, going back to your thing about yeah. hopes, yeah. how does that all play into this of God, you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. like Jesus, right? Your mm-hmm. will. I mean, I'm acknowledging it's your will, mm-hmm. but I do hope. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So can we talk about that? What does that look like practically? What does? Well, um, it, it forces me, if I live in that, it forces me to place my hopes in their proper place Mm. because like you said earlier my hope is not God's promise and so I I I live in where I'm supposed to be I'm here God is greater in that song we sung I thought 
was oh, great. You know, mm-hmm. Your ways are higher than mine. I, I, I love that song. Me too. Mm-hmm. And it just it reminds me that that's true. No matter how much I hope for things and no matter how righteous it feels and how good I think my request is, there's a lot of stuff I don't know. There's a lot I don't understand. And I need to be okay with that because I've got a father who's above me and he's got nothing but good in his heart and his thoughts for me. And I've trust in that. Which is the illustration you used, and I was going to say you ought to talk about it that way because I thought that was also great of a parent and a kid. Right, childlike faith. Childlike faith is really just me getting to the place, and all of us have had to say no to our kids. Sure. And don't even feel bad. You better or you don't love them. Right. Right. I mean, come on. Yes. (laughs) So, but there is a sweetness to... And it's been so long, but I see it even with my grandchildren now of they trust enough of they ask you everything, yes. even though you laugh at it because you go, oh, no, that's, yeah. I'm never doing that. Yeah. But you don't want them to stop asking. When they stop asking, you know you lost something. Sure. Something's gone that you wish you could get back. Just this thought yeah. of, well, my dad could do anything. He yeah. can do anything. Yeah. Yeah, and then every now and then he does. I'm gonna say yes, yeah. and that's great, you know. So. Well, and sometimes on things that before you hadn't even thought, oh, I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Like your child comes, goes, Dad, can we? I've had this happen lots of times. Maybe this is just me. My child comes, goes, Dad, I want ice cream today. Yeah. And I had in my head, we're not having ice cream today. But they come to me, and then they say it, and I go, well, ice cream does sound good, <laughs> you know. And then we go and have fun. And I think that's the kind of conversation where it's not anything that's outside my nature. My daughter mm-hmm. didn't come and say, dad, I think we should shoot someone today. And I yeah. go, well, I wasn't going to do that, but yeah. you asked, you, you know, but there is a level to that, that God is conversational with us. I remember reading, um, I think it's in the divine conspiracy. Once again, your Dallas Willard thing for today, <laughs> where he talks about another recurring thing. Good Dallas moment. Yeah. <laughs> we need a little graphic for that producer, Joel. We need a, we need a little graphic. He's got a thumbs Dallas up. Dallas so. Willard. Um, Thought of the Dallas day. Willard, just Dallas Willard quote and a discipleship mention. Uh, <laughs> yes. I already got that one. You already did that one. So. But, uh, yeah, I think, um, he, he talked about after a conference or something he had done a couple came up to him and they were just talking and they were talking about how their son was starting a new business and how they were just worried you know because new businesses fail and all that kind of stuff and he says well have you prayed about it (laughs) and they said well i just it it didn't feel holy enough to pray about and i've had those moments where i'm like well even because i've made fun of people when they pray before a game or something Mm -hmm. it's like well how maybe they're praying before the game but this idea that he said well, but if it matters to you, don't you think it matters to God? Sure. Like yeah. that because it matters to you. And it doesn't mean that he's suddenly going to go, now you're a millionaire. Mm-hmm. But, it, but, it, but you also don't know that he doesn't go, okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. Let's yeah. get you some su- success on that part. You just, yeah. you never know. And it's part of, you said, of this conversational father-son, father-daughter relationship where you just go, God, what about this today? And it's part of him training us. Mm-hmm. to as, as I've mentioned before, and Dallas says this too, of, training me to become the kind of person he can trust to do what I want to do that sometimes when I get a no from God or mm-hmm. I get a you know we t- people talk all the time about no or not now or any of this which I'm going to talk about in two weeks oh yes he's got coming up in a couple of weeks but there's a level to that that if I'm observant of it I don't just because I try to do this once again with my kids they'll come and they'll say no and then I'm sure y'all have this patient you want to explain why the no but mm-hmm. they go oh and yeah. they walk away and they won't listen to the rest and I go oh but there was a training moment there yeah. I could have explained to you why the not now why is it that my seven-year-old can't drive a car you know <laughs> one day I do want you Good to reason. drive a car 
but there's a reason for the not now. Yeah. And if we're observant of that, God actually begins to train us some. Well, yeah. and it trains me in my in my prayer life as well, because I guarantee you there were things that I was begging God for at 17 <laughs> that yeah. I, I know now how to pray for for that that area of my life in a much right. better way, right. you know, right. I, and I, like, for instance, at 17, I, I might've been praying for God to get me a date, right. yeah, you know, sure. yeah. but I know now what, what that longing in me was, I learned from his, his training me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now I look at what that longing is in me and now I can pray better. I can pray more in accordance with his will. And so now he didn't change the circumstance necessarily, but he's changed me. That's yeah. right. And I've become more of who he meant for me to be. Anyway, I thought it was really <coughs> so, good. I, I thought the you. whole yeah. service, and you mentioned the song. I thought Joel and John did great on that song. I thought oh, the That was thing. also me. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That was Nathan this Whoops. week. I'm just, I want the credit for it. I, I will say I'm this. I'm so used to saying Joel yes. and John. I, I will say this. Uh, when you said y'all love that song, producer Joel picked that he did, song. He so did good, pick good, that good job, producer Joel, picking that song. It was you this week. It that's was. Yes. It was. And I will say, I think he picked the right version of that song. Uh, that's just an inside joke between me and Joel because there are several versions of that song, and we had about a 15-minute conversation about which version of the song, which usually ended me saying, I don't care, let me know. So, so now that's is, an inside joke just for me and This is really Joel. inside. Everybody who knows Joel knows every conversation with Joel is a 15-minute conversation oh. about the multiple possibilities right. that exist. He just wants to get it right, and he got it right. But next time you could get it wrong. We maybe should have had a 30-minute conversation about it. Poor Joel. He can't. He doesn't have a mic. That was just the opportunity for Nathan to put more angst in young That's Joel's right. head. I just want him to keep thinking about it. thought about it He could have gotten it wrong, All but right. you got it right that one time. Okay. All right. Do we have time? Nah, I think. You're going to call it? I'm going to call it because I have something else. It was the fun part of the ending. Well, I think we just had fun with Joel. We had fun with Joel. (laughs) So I'm going to save it for next week. at his expense. So, yeah. So I'll hang on to this. Yeah, he had fun with that, too. (laughs) He had a lot of fun with that. He's over there shaking his head. No, I did not. So, all right. Joel's right over here today. Yeah, he's in the room. Almost in the room. He invites this by being in the room. (laughs) Okay. Well, all right. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you haven't. Watch for your ticket link coming up. And yeah. if you don't get one, you miss it, send us an email. Let yep. us know. Please. And please send, one, us, questions. send us questions. Send us questions in the description. Don't uh, wait until Sunday to let us know you didn't get a ticket link. True. Yes. If you don't get something soon, reach out to us. us. Call know. us on the phone. Get yep. away in touch with us. We will make sure if you want to be here in person you can be that here. you can be here. And if you don't want to... Stay home. Stay home, but we have online 1030. It's going to be awesome. All right. See you next week. Bye.